Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the World, your weekly celebration of all things Jersey, from history to culture to ridiculousness to history to people to businesses to whatever is crossing our plate. Now before I tell you about this week's episode, we got some announcements don't always have announcements at the beginning. First things first, heard again uh, from our good friend, David Lamort. And Dave is a great artist who I've been a fan of for many years. Uh, we first started linking up back, I mean, it must have been like 2012, 2011. First became aware of Dave and he's always doing cool stuff. And that's happening right now from June 6th until July 30th. Dave will be showing artwork alongside Joe Castronova at End of Elm Restaurant and Bar in downtown Morristown, New Jersey. I've been to that restaurant right near the train station. Solid restaurant. Now also, cool art? That sounds like a great evening. Uh, Joe and Dave are both Metuchen-based artists, showing a lot of paper art and graffiti-inspired artwork. Opening reception, June 21st from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. It's called Connections at end of elm also june 17th nerd mart at sip studios the great sip studios which does a lot of great comedy stuff as well june 17th from 12 to 6 p.m dave will be there selling art and stickers at the nerd mart sip studios jersey city there'll be plenty of geeky art lots of collectibles to purchase from all sorts of different jersey artists the nerd mart will also be hosting a mario kart tournament afterwards from 7 p.m to 11 p.m. Also, remember when they started saying Mario and we had all grown up in New Jersey saying Mario and then we all had to adjust and say Super Mario even though we grew up saying Super Mario? Who cares? That's a tangent. Main point being, support Dave Lamort at End of Elm in Morristown from June 6th to July 30th and June 17th at the Nerd Mart at Sip Studios in Jersey City. And guess what? On top of that, I'll also, Dave didn't even ask me to plug this, I'm still a member of his sticker club patreon.com david lamort is running a sticker club and apologize apologies if you hear my four-year-old screaming in the background of this intro i promise he's not in pain he's just acting like a psycho anyway it's all good also wanted to let you know a couple things one we have activated free trials for our patreon so if you've been someone who listens to the show and you're like maybe i'll check out that patreon someday but i want to know you can get the seven day free trial right now Go over to patreon.com slash New Jersey's the world. There's free trials. And uh, you know me. If you know, if you if times are tight and you don't have a few bucks to spare, I totally get it. You can sign up for that free trial and just go shotgun. Tons of stuff we've been putting up for the past couple of years. These are our deep dive episodes. South Jersey is also the world. Archives of live streams that we've done, community discussions, all sorts of stuff out there that has lived on that li- on that uh, Patreon that you can go seven days, you go, you consume it all, and then you unsubscribe. I don't care. Go do it. And maybe some of you will be inspired to say, you know what, this is worth the time and money. Let me stick around for it. That would be cool, too. Also, we've got three new T-shirts to tell you about. If you go to belowthecollar.com slash Chris Gethard, that's belowthecollar.com slash Chris Gethard, you'll see we have a new malls-themed T-shirt. We have a Thunder Roadside Assistance t-shirt, and perhaps the most bizarre one of all, 
Uh, we talked a while back about the justice under God system that Essex Catholic High School used to do. My dad verified that he was aware of this, and we had heard from some listeners that this thing jugs sometimes involved having to box a priest. And we have a, a justice under God t-shirt at belowthecollar.com slash Chris Gethard. And if, if people walk around wearing that, God bless you. I will be so happy. Just so happy. So go check those out at belowthecollar.com slash Chris Gethard. It's Justice Under God, Thunder Roadside Assistance, and a malls-themed t-shirt, all for your enjoyment. This week's episode, Mike D had a great idea and a philosophical idea. We, we've all heard about the seven deadly sins from a moralistic standpoint, but what are the New Jersey-specific seven deadly sins? We brainstormed on the air for your enjoyment. I say a lot of dumb stuff fun. It's funny. You'll like it. Carmen Uch lives. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to New Jersey is the world. I am here with Mike D, the illustrious Mike D. Mike D, how you doing tonight? I'm a little weird with this fire and smoke overtaking New Jersey in a shockingly palpable way that I did not expect. <laughs> we are recording this on Tuesday, June 6th, and I think everyone who's hearing this on Monday knows exactly the night we're talking about. Very strange thing happening where around, in Morris County, it was around like five o'clock. There's been a couple nights where it smelled smoky, and we keep hearing it's from all these fires in the Pine Barrens and upstate New York, and, and now apparently there's a fire in Canada there's about 6 million acres burning, but you would think the fire was 20 feet away from you because there's actual smoke everywhere and the sun is a bright orange ball of fire and apparently it's all over most of New Jersey and everybody's kind of enjoying it, but sort of fucking freaking out. Thought, I thought maybe they reopened the Bayonne dump and that caught on fire again. I didn't know what the fuck was going on, man. I'll, I'll tell you this too, just to get some housekeeping out of the way, our good friend Bonaduce, his computer was having tech difficulties. After a solid half hour of doing it, he got very, very grumpy and said, I'm sorry, I can't record today. And we've all been there with technology. So much love to Bonaduce. Um, I also will say this, it's a Tuesday night. I am on duty, as always, with my small Morris County town, our first aid squad. So with this amount of smoke in the world, somebody's going to be calling. I mean, if this episode goes off, so Mike D, there may be a stretch where you are just solo pontificating because I can't imagine that. So, I mean, and, and I'm not trying to make light of it. Like there's people with asthma who are probably freaking out with this smoke right now. There's probably kids, people who had their kids at soccer practice who didn't realize all the smoke was running in and their kids were just running endlessly while breathing in this awful air. So I'd be shocked if I don't get a call at some point tonight. Maybe it'll be while we're recording. Maybe it won't be. Who knows? Well, if I go solo, I'll just say now that I'm just going to immediately start reading Patterson by William Carlos Williams until my oh. voice runs out. That's going to that's gonna be my go-to. <laughs> Is that a, I mean, I, I feel, I think I could speak for all of our listener base when I say, is that a threat or a promise? Because people would love that. It love is. that. I have, I have had that request before. We had a simple idea for tonight. It's a great one. You came up with it as soon as you pitched it. I said, that should be fun and easy. You posed a question. You said, we all know that the Bible 
lists the seven deadly sins. They are, of course, lust, gluttony, greed. Maybe my favorite one, sloth. Sloth is a good one. Wrath. Yeah, wrath is a pretty good one, too. Uh, Envy and pride. Those are the seven from the Bible. I don't think they're in the Bible. Are they not in the Bible? No, I don't think they are in the Bible. I, they're definitely Dante's Inferno, but I don't know if that's Dante's where Inferno. They, I'm not sure if that's where they originated. But. That tells you both how religious I am and how well-read I am. It tells you it's, it's weak in both directions. Um, I would say, for me, I just look at them, I go, I mean, they're all a problem. They're all a problem. But let's see, I mean, sloth, certainly wrath, Envy sometimes, pride sometimes. Okay, those are the four big ones that affect me. But I think you're right, Mike D, that we should probably take personal responsibility. And who better to define the New Jersey seven deadly sins than us here at New Jersey is the world? Because no one in New Jersey is guilty of any of these traditional seven deadly sins. (laughs) So we need our own seven deadly sins. Because these, I mean, no one in New Jersey has any wrath, gluttony. Not like we have an Italian slang word for gluttony. Yeah, I, I I sort of feel like like anyone who's a real Jersey person is probably living all seven seven deadly sins on a daily basis. So that's our that's where like that's like a blue painting on a blue canvas for us. You know who even cares about these seven things? Wrath in particular. We've all been behind the wheel of a car and given into wrath, gluttony, envy, all of it. Lust, come on, man! You out there on the boardwalk? Some of these people out here, like Pepe Le Pew, with this fucking lust, looking at these hot bodies out there on the, the boardwalk. Tex Avery Wolf. Those seven <laughs> eyes popping out. <laughs> Those seven deadly sins we all fall into all the time. So we need seven additional New Jersey deadly sins in order to make it the seven sins that you simply cannot do if you are within the borders of New Jersey. Um. I've only got one that I thought of since you you texted out the idea. I don't know how many you've already prepared yourself. I've got a few, but I feel like some of them might be too specific. So I'll try to I'll try to broaden and generalize our sins. Mine is very specific as well because you know, lust, wrath, envy, very very broad topics. I only had one, uh, which is I would say the first of the seven deadly sins is if you are in New Jersey. I would say. Uh, being from Pennsylvania. Don't be from Pennsylvania. That would be the first of the seven deadly sins. Just and, don't do it. Or driving, being being a driver from Pennsylvania, I think also is part of that. I was actually driving Cal to preschool this morning. And like many kids his age, he's really like, if we drive past a couple days ago, we drove past a fallen tree. Daddy, I saw a fallen tree. Do you think a bear knocked it down? I'm like, yeah, man, probably a bear knocked it down. If we drive past a construction site, daddy, I saw a digger and an excavator. He loves seeing things. And this morning we were behind a car that had Pennsylvania plates. I said, "Uh, Cal, you see how that license plate's different? He goes, yeah. I go, so the license plates tell you what state the person is from. So our car has New Jersey plates on it. That's a Pennsylvania plate. So we know that that person has Pennsylvania plates. And my wise four-year-old son, he goes, what's that person doing here? I said, buddy, that's the question everybody in New Jersey is asking all the time when we see this. Every time we see this, we go, what are you doing here? 
So even from the tender age of four, the innocence of young Cal Gethard, he immediately was like, get the fuck your you Pennsylvania plates instantaneously. I feel guilty. I did spend a nice weekend this weekend in Pennsylvania. Listen, Pennsylvania is lovely. And I actually feel like Pennsylvania people are um, more than welcome to come hang out, do their thing. As we all know, it's on the roads where it most commonly shows up. A lot of people will argue this in the comments sections over at patreon.com slash New Jersey's world have seen a number of people who have said it's actually New York plates that make me most wary. And I think we all know because New Yorkers are out there. New Yorkers are out there trying to prove that they can drive crazier than us. That's what's disconcerting when you see New York plates. You're like, oh, this person might just like slide across four lanes of traffic to get to the express lane and cut over the white triangle and then like break check somebody. Pennsylvania plates, these people are out here trying to be too safe. They're trying to drive the speed limit. They're trying to always signal when they turn. And we are in an ecosystem where when, you, when you're trying to actually promote that level of safety, it's woefully unsafe. So the Pennsylvania people, I think, are very often just trying to do the right thing and obey traffic laws in a way that just doesn't fit the ecosystem, you know? I don't get mad at a dog for barking. I don't get mad at a Pennsylvania person for trying to obey the laws. I'm just saying you don't do it here. That's all. So I would say that's the number one sin I can think of. You know, Maybe that'll be our wrath is just don't be from Pennsylvania on our highways. Just don't do it. Don't do it. Take the local roads. I don't care if it takes you four hours longer. You're only allowed to take local roads. If your car has Pennsylvania plates, you guys, you got to stay off our highways. And I, gotta, I like Philly. And I like people from Pennsylvania. I don't really get the Scrapple thing. They shared Wawa with us. Very nice of them. Um, but yeah. Other, that's, that's the one I got. I, I have one that I think might be the most deadly sin you can commit in New Jersey. And that is the sin of entitlement. And I think entitlement comes to life in a number of ways. The most obvious being entitlement causing you to cut a line. I think that's one huge thing. If you are to cut, if you feel entitled enough to cut any type of line in New Jersey, it could just be one person standing in front of a doorway. And if you try to, if you try to walk around them, you could easily end up in a fist fight in New Jersey from that sense of entitlement. Yes. But I think it extends to driving, right? No one wants to let anyone get in front of them when they feel that they don't have the right. Uh, people who feel entitled, this especially I think happens in restaurants, to treat treat the wait staff poorly, <laughs> treat any yes, anyone yes. who's working in a retail establishment poorly. I think that sense of entitlement is probably the most deadly of the New Jersey sins because if you walk around acting that way, your time in New Jersey will be very, very short. Very time on this earth will be short. Mike D, I have two phrases popping into my head. And I'm wondering if these are extensions of entitlement or if these are their own separate deadly sins or sub-sins of it. I got two phrases. One is, you think you're fucking better than me? And the other is, what makes you so fucking special? Now, those are two versions of the same thing. I feel like those fall under the umbrella of this entitlement, Right. 
I think they're mani- direct manifestations of entitlement, especially yeah. what, do you think you're better than me? Oh, I didn't say, you think you're what, f- you think you're better than me? <laughs> you think you're fucking better than me or something? Because that's what it comes down to, right? It's really like a yeah, yeah. An, an ego an ego contest. That's what entitlement is. Think you're oh, better 100%. than me? You think you're fucking better than me? That That is giving off that air, you are right, is fighting words in New Jersey. When we inevitably are forced to form some kind of militia in New Jersey because of awful world events, the flag that a, a a teenage kid standing at the front of the militia will carry will say, what, do you think you're better than me? On the front of it. Like that's, there'll be someone with a, a kid with a drum and another one with a flag that says that. New Hampshire has, has what, uh, live free or die, right? That's them. Live free or die. Ours is what, you think you're better than me? <laughs> the uh, 146 New Jersey Irregulars, that will be the standard that's carried into battle at the front of the group. It also, it does explain a lot about the New Jersey psyche, because as we know from all the jokes that fly around, a lot of people do think they're better than us. So a lot of people just do. We're the punchline. But we haven't quite embraced it, right? Like, it's not like we've become okay with that, but we have allowed it to become fighting words in a way that fuels a lot of what this state is. So I think that's a very astute call, Mike D. It's a very astute call. Yeah, I think that one. I think that one definitely works. Yeah. Okay. Another deadly sin in New Jersey. Now I know I already talked about highways, but this doesn't just extend to driving. I will say this. Tell me if this makes sense to you. Another deadly sin in New Jersey is letting anything take even 10 seconds longer than it had to take unacceptable oh, in new jersey yes i think that would be the uh this the it ties sin, into the sin of patience it's have the sin of yeah. patience is i think what that would be i think yes if you have and let's be clear i, I want to make sure you and i are on the same page right. if you have patience that's, that's bad sin. in new jersey yes. yes the sin of have demonstrating patience yeah i'm gonna write that one down as well we don't have time for your patience your thoughtfulness this idea there's all these people right now who want to practice mindfulness and be zen and do breathing techniques and consider all the options. No, 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 no. You go with your gut. You get things done. You get it going. If there's not a no turn on red side, I don't know why you're sitting at that traffic light. If you get to the front of the line at the coffee shop and you are going, uh, 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 guess what? There was a line and you had more than enough time to consider exactly what your order would be. Why the fuck are you hemming and hawing now? It is not okay, right? Like you go into a deli, you don't, you don't start asking questions. You should already know or assume everything that they have there. Nobody wants to make this an extended conversation. Nobody, not the people behind you, not the person preparing your order, nobody. So no patience. We do not have this five to 10 seconds for you to ask if they only have bacon or if they have turkey bacon. What you do is you order turkey bacon if that's what you want. And if they don't have it, you either say, okay, regular's fine or all right, just make it an egg and cheese. 
but we don't have any time for the conversation of, do you guys have turkey bacon? You just order the fucking turkey bacon, and then if they don't have it, switch to regular bacon or go plain. I don't have this eight seconds to spare for you to ask your fucking question. I don't have it. Stop it. Stop it. That's time in my day that I don't have anymore. I could have used that time. The worst manifestation of of this for me is, is self-checkout lines. I, I already dislike self-checkout lines. I would so oh, yeah. much prefer to have someone at the checkout line and make small talk with them as I buy my groceries. But when you're in a self-checkout line, I'll stand there and fly into a black rage as I watch the person misscan one thing after another. They can't figure out how to work the bag and get the things in the bag so it weighs correctly. And I just find myself getting angrier and angrier because I'm like, can't you do this any faster? Like that is... The manifestation, self-checkout. And you're, and you're getting mad at a robot, essentially. It's not even a yes. person. Well, it's also like you've made a robot to eliminate a human job, and the robot does not do... The robot doesn't ask me how I'm doing. It doesn't help me bag my shit when we're at the end of the process. The robot doesn't do as good a job as the human, and it doesn't make anything take quicker. Because I felt it. Sometimes those fucking self-checkout robots, Mike D, they put me in the position where I'm the one wasting time. Cause I got a fucking thing of a uh, pineapple in the little plastic container and they put the UPC code on the bottom and like an asshole, I got to figure out how to twist the UCP code, the UPC, UPC code. I got to try to twist it to get the thing to scan it without spilling all the pineapple out of it. And now my day is taking longer because they had this, this uh, nightmare of convenience that they've tried to stick me with and saddle me with. This this actually is a beautiful segue into my next one because if you've noticed, and this is something that we can, that I think we need to change, some of the self checkout machines are actually asking for tips. They will ask you to leave. I'm like, who am I tipping? Like, it's just a a, a robot. Like, fine if the robot gets the money and gets more oil at the end of the day, great, but. The sin is the sin of not tipping in New Jersey has got to be up there on the seven deadly sins. Because in a lot of other parts of the country and definitely in tons of places outside the U.S., people don't tip. But I think in New Jersey- I'm going to list that know, as its own separate one. Not tipping. Yeah, it's, it's, that's not taking saying. care of the working own, person. Own Respect the sin. working people. Uh, I will say this, Mike D. And this is not a Jersey-specific thing, but here's a tangent. But I will say this. I one time did fly into an actual rage where Hallie had to tell me I was being crazy because I never, I don't even know if I should share this. Never mind. Although I have to now, don't I? Now you, you back to so, Mike T, we once went to one of these Froyo places where you walk in and you pick up the cup off the stack of cups. And then you go and fill it based on the combination of flavors you would like. With the, you know what exactly what I mean with the soft serve froyos. And then what do you do? We all know you walk over to the topping bar. You throw a little Heath bar on there. You throw a little caramel sauce, fluff if they got it. If you're a real fucking psycho and you're fucked up in the head, you throw some gummy bears on there. You know, you're mixing your, you know, you're one of these people. If you got, and don't get me wrong, if you do fruit flavor, Froyo, sure, throw some gummy bears on there. There's some people out here mixing like chocolate with hot fudge and gummy bears, and those people are, in my mind, fucking certifiable lunatics. 
And then what do you do? You go, you place it yourself on the scale. And then you even take the little plastic spoon from the thing of spoons. I will say, I once went to one of those places that had a cup out for tips. And I don't know if I've ever been <laughs> more disturbed at a tip jar. I was, I thought it was so fucked up. I'm like, this is a place where I literally unpack my own cup from the fucking crate of cups and every piece of the labor is mine. And I even swipe my own card in the modern day. I can't believe you guys are asking me for tips. I was like, this is, and you know me, Mike, I'm like, a proud member of two unions and I've been out there picketing lately, like for real. I support workers to my heart's deepest core, but I can't in good faith tip at a self-serve Froyo place. I can't do it and look myself in the mirror. I can't do it and look my son in the eye afterwards. I can't do it. And I'm sorry if that makes me a bad person. I don't know. I think of it like, uh, like Jimmy the Gent from Goodfellas, right? The bartender gets 50 bucks just for keeping the ice cubes frozen. You'll tip at the Froyo place? Was I the asshole there? I'll tip anytime there's a human being. Where I will not tip is if it is just a machine. That's my, that's yeah. my dividing that's line. That's why. I, I just, you know, I mean, I even like, I'm one of those people who even tip my mailman at Christmas. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're not allowed to tip the money, but all the, you know what you do? You do the Starbucks card. Mailman love the money, Starbucks card. And the money was... Yeah, I think technically they're not allowed to. I'm not going to um, add him out. Supposedly, supposedly USPS mail characters are, carriers are supposedly not allowed to accept money, but you can give them gift cards. Gift cards. You know what I got to start doing that I've never done and I've realized it's fucked up? Uh, now that I live in a town where we pay for our own garbage collection and it's not a town service, got to tip the, the garbage collectors. And uh, probably should have been doing that my whole life and didn't realize it, but it's it's time to step it up. Okay, so thus far, I think we have a quality group of sins, Mike. D. We have uh, first sin being from Pennsylvania. Second sin, entitlement, which I think is truly the one that most fits the seven deadly sins. The third deadly sin of New Jersey is demonstrating patience. We don't have time for you to demonstrate patience. A lot of people, there's a popular phrase, patience is a virtue, not in New Jersey. In New Jersey, patience is a hindrance. Patience is a hindrance and a roadblock to me trying to get on with my day. Move along. Efficiency over patience. This is the New Jersey way. And then the fourth deadly sin, not tipping. Showing disrespect to the working class, which we all, I just said, I'm, I'm now a homeowner. And I got to learn to tip the garbage collectors. I didn't know that. I've realized now that's a thing I need to be doing. So this year, I hope my garbage collectors are ready. Because um, talk about people who are putting in the work. Okay, that's four. We need three more. This is not easy at this point. It's not easy at this point. What about the sin of <clears throat> hurting people's feelings? But let me let me unpack why I think this is a Jersey one. Because in New Jersey, it's almost required that you shit talk people. This is basically a rite of passage and it's something that kids to senior citizens all do. I mean, shit talking is kind of the state sport of New Jersey, right? Wherever you go, if there's more than two people, it will immediately devolve into some kind of shit talking. 
episode. But what's unacceptable is if you were to turn around and say that mean thing to someone's face. That's what's unacceptable well, in New Jersey is to insult someone <laughs> right to their face. But you can talk talk smack when they walk away. I, I, would, I think that's true. And I would actually say that I've thought about this one. And there's a value that I realized I had at a certain point in life that I think ties right in. I think the real sin is... Because look, there's points where you got to hurt somebody's feelings. And there's also points like, you know, where someone will do some shit and you will see them get cut down and it will cut to the core. Some Like some, you know, somebody's doing something insane on like a path train and somebody else steps up and like makes fun of their fucking dumb haircut just to get them to shut up. And you're like, ooh, that stings. But that person was behaving like a crazy person. But I would, I would say, I might phrase it like this and tell me if this is akin to what you mean. There's a value in New Jersey that I think is really not talked about that much, but that I think a lot of Jersey people live and die by, which is this, don't judge someone for something they can't control. Like if someone's being an asshole, then they might get cut down. If someone's doing something that is affecting other people's days, they might get their feelings hurt for that. And it might be brutal in New Jersey. But in this state, I think in general, you don't hear people cutting down each other for where they come from or what they look like or their size. Like I think, I mean, and there's exceptions to every rule, but I think there is a real dedication. And the way we raise our kids, I think, is a lot of, you don't judge people for the things they can't control. If people make choices, those you might if people make choices that are bad, they might get eviscerated for those choices, but that's where you can attack. You don't attack people for the stuff that they're born into or they didn't. You don't you don't attack somebody, right? And and it used to happen where certainly in West Orange you'd see it. Sometimes there'd be like the kids who couldn't afford the nice clothes. You don't attack them for that. They were born into that. If those kids are a fucking asshole in gym class, well, you now you might start talking some shit. But somebody shows up and they got like some ratty shoes. You don't, you don't, you don't fuck with that. That person, that that's a kid whose parents are struggling. You don't fuck with that. And I think Jersey really does stand by that. I think the sin then is in New Jersey, we don't kick people when they're down. Yeah, no kicking people when they're down. That's that's what it is. People when they're down, <laughs> yes. If, if if they're if if you if if you catch them in the chin and they go down, the fight's over. But once they're down, that's it, right? No more. We we don't get into that yes. stomping people. And I'm talking mainly in a metaphorical sense, although I'm sure. There's, yeah. You know. Well, it does. It does. It also ties into the idea of we root for the underdog around here. And I think there's a lot of value in that. And I think that's super true in the stories we love. I mean, that's in Springsteen songs. That's in, that's in the sports stories that we truly embrace in this state. That's all over the place. But part of rooting for the underdog is also boxing out space for the underdog to exist faithfully. And it, it ties right into what we're saying here. Or is, is, it, is it a separate sin, which is don't be a winner? In New Jersey, you don't want to be a winner. That's that's a bad one, right? You're too. We we don't want people who are uh, t- 
too too successful, right? There's a certain level of of success where it's just going to put you in a bad spot with everyone here. Like nobody, everybody's fine with like you know the neighbor who's got a nice house, but you build that house too big. You know, and you're going to start to have problems with the neighbors. Well, it ties right back into, what do you think? You're better than me? Thank you. It makes you so special. All I can, dude, <laughs> I'll never forget. So, you know, I don't, I don't name my town uh, on New Jersey is the world. People have picked up on this. I say Morris County and, and my, I can start to be honest about this because it's been a while. Mike, you can vouch for me on this. Um, I'm not going to say anything that would flame anything. But I will say, I have lived as a public figure, and you know the details. There, there was a situation a couple of years ago where I had to be protective of my location. Yes. Especially having a son now. And you saw, it's a very real yeah, thing. It's a very real thing. So I don't say the name on my time. Yeah, very real thing where there was, some, there was some things being said on the internet that had everybody worried, and I had to start being very careful about that. And I'll say this too. Much love to the New Jersey is the world community because no, everyone has picked up on that and no one ever pries. No one's ever like, what town? And you always say Morris County. You always say near Morristown. Everybody's been chill. And I think a lot of people have sensed Chris is guarding his privacy on that. And that's why. And it's it's been a long time. So I feel comfortable uh, talking about it now. But I will say I'm part of why I'm in Morris County is that the taxes are lower than the other places where the artists move. And it meant that I could put my money towards the house and I could reach a little bit knowing that the taxes were lower. And I live in a house now. That's It's a nice house. It's in a nice neighborhood. And now I sit here and struggle and pray that I can keep it. But very happy raising my son here. But I'll tell you, my, my little Irish Catholic mom who grew up down the hill, uh, she visited me. And when her and my parents first saw our house, I could feel two things was one, I could feel her and my dad kind of had this moment of looking around and realizing this, it, this beautiful feeling that I don't think I anticipated that no one explains when you have a kid of like, first of all, like they're sitting here going, cool. Our grandson is being raised in this place. That's really nice. It's nicer than where they got to raise their kids. It's nicer when they were raised. And to see that my parents, you, none of us spoke about it, but they were a part of that. Their hard work is part of why I'm raising Cal in this nice house, right? Like, and that's a meaningful thing. That's a beautiful thing for my dad who bust. I mean, dude, you knew my dad. My dad busted his ass. All my friends knew He's a hardworking man. Every friend of mine has told me, they all laugh when they talk about like, your dad seemed like a really nice guy, but man, you didn't want to, he seemed, he seemed tired and you didn't want to piss that guy off when you were around him. Good dude, though. Everybody says it. And I could feel part of their hard work. They get to look around and go, we helped make this happen. And that was very cool to see. But I, as soon as my mom turned around, I go, here it comes. And my little five foot two Irish Catholic mom just turns around and she goes, eh, pretty fancy, huh? And that was like her, one of the first things she said. And I was like, she was busting my balls and she had to say it, but it stung because you can't be a winner. This is not the state of winners. This is the state where Arturo Gatti could have been the best boxer ever, but he chose to fight instead. This is the state where Seton Hall's about to win the national championship and then the ref blows the whistle. This is the state where uh, this is the state where your car breaks down right before the finish line. 
This is the state where this is the state where you you hit the soccer ball off the crossbar. This is not the state where we win. This is the state where we come close. God damn it! Don't be a winner around here. Take that. And here's the thing: I was talking shit about Pennsylvania people over uh, before, but we all know these winners. Take it to New York, buddy. Go win in New York. We don't win around here. And I don't blame the Pennsylvania. That's why Bon Jovi had to leave New Jersey. <laughs> right? I mean, he, ah. he moved to Soho in Manhattan. He just, he got too successful and he, you know, he had to leave the state. Yeah, man. Frank Sinatra, too successful, had to move to Las Vegas. And look, Thunder Road, right? Has lyric. This, it's a town full of losers and we're pulling out of here to win. But keep in mind, there's also a sequel song where they didn't make it out. That's what this state is about. He wrote a sequel to Thunder Road. Do you know this? I am completely, this is completely new to me. Oh, let me look it up real quick. Sequel to Thunder Road. Yeah, th- this is going to tell you because, okay, yeah, so The Promise. Let's see. The Promise. Sometime after the release of Born to Run, Springsteen wrote a follow-up to Thunder Road called The Promise, which explicitly mentions the first song by name, but reveals a far more pessimistic outlook on the narrator's life and future. Unreleased for years, The Promise gained considerable legend for its 1978 tour performances, finally materialized in a re-recorded version on 1999's 18 tracks. Um, Before appearing on its namesake album, The Promise, released in 2010. Let me look up the lyrics to this because Thunder Road is this is a town full of losers pulling out of here to win. But the promise says, uh, and Carson's chiming in saying, if you're a winner, do not gloat. That is, oh, <laughs> yeah, don't you hold that over anybody's fucking head. Gloating is definitely uh, on this list. Gloating's a bad sin here. Okay, here's here's the bridge of the promise. I followed that dream just like those guys do up on the screen. And I drove a challenger down route nine through the dead ends and all the bad scenes. And when the promise was broken, I cashed in a few of my dreams. Some nights I go to the drive-in or some nights I stay home. This motherfucker. Oh, here's the line. Ready? Here's where it goes. So verse two goes like this. And then it goes into the course. Uh, Well, now I built that Challenger by myself, but I needed money, and so I sold it. I lived a secret I should have kept to myself, but I got drunk one night, and I told it. All my life, I fought this fight, the fight that no man can ever win. Every day, it just gets harder to live, this dream I'm believing in. Thunder Road, oh baby, you were so right. Thunder Road, there's something dying down on the highway tonight. Oof. Thunder Road is not a happy song. Thunder Road ended on a cliffhanger. Thunder Road is like if Star Wars ended on Star Wars and then the Empire strike back, Strikes Back came along and Luke's hand gets cut off and Darth Vader beats the shit out of him and is like, I'm your dad. And there were no and that's other it. movies. There's, there's never a that's Return it. of the Jedi. Thunder Road. Yeah, there's no follow-up to that. It's just Darth Vader shows up, beats the shit out of him, cuts his hand off. It's like, by the way, I fucked your mom. That was me. 
credits roll and then everybody works in fucking factories that's what thunder road really is <laughs> they're all working on the next star destroyer that's just the final scene they're all just like putting rivets into the spaceship like, oh, yes like, just working for the empire you need another size 38 stormtrooper helmet size 38 and i'll meant like to drink another schlitz yell at their fucking kids because they're all stressed out then go to bed, goddammit. Fall asleep sitting up in an armchair so they can wake up again tomorrow to go work on another TIE Interceptor with rusty rivets thinking I should have been the pilot flying this thing. But that's not for people like me. Goddamn. They keep saying their dreams of becoming a champion of that holographic chess with monsters are still going to happen one day, but they never quite get there. <laughs> so we've got Don't Be From Pennsylvania. Entitlement, demonstrating patience, not tipping, a.k.a. not respecting the working class, no kicking people when they're down, don't be a winner, and if you, if you gotta be a winner, at least fucking shut up about it. I think that's a really good one. I think that's a really good one. And honestly, too, like, I'll be honest, like, if you wind up a winner, you should probably in conversation subtly apologize for it all the time. Right? Like, if you wind up living in a place like Far Hills, I want you to mention, like, your your grandfather grew up in Newark. I want to know that. And you should feel obligated to do that. And I live in an area where I mention a lot that I'm from West Orange, and I always say, down the hill. I, I do this. I participate in this. And a lot of the people around me do, and those are the people I respect the most. A lot of people who are, like, living in Mendham, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, my family's roots are in Elizabeth. Good. You get it. You get it. Apologize for the fact that your family got some good breaks. Apologize for those goddamn good breaks. It's the cool thing to do around here. I love this rule in New Jersey. <laughs> you out here trying to live in Chester? Okay. Just mention, mention that your family was in Bayonne a couple generations back. Mention it. It's part of the rules. You have to open every conversation with a warning before you start it. Like, I live in Chester, but... Yeah, a little bit. And we got really lucky, and I feel really blessed to live there. It's fucking cool. I mean, it's wild, though, man. It's wild. My family was in Irvington, you know? I still visit my uncle down there. And that, I feel comfortable. That's where I feel actually most at home. I want to hear that. That's the cool way to be in Jersey. Nobody's saying don't raise your family in a place where you feel best about it, but at least mention that you know that it's fucked up to be successful and happy. Just at least mention it. Don't be a winner. Nah, no winning around here. I did, I had a very, cause you know, again, and I'm being, I know I'm being a little manic and rambly. I think it's honestly the smoke inhalation. It's a big part of that tonight. Cause again, remember we told you, Canada is on fire and we're all just breathing smoke. I will tell you, Mike D, like, and you can vouch for me on this. I've had a weird career and you know that I have a lot of fucking weird. I'm someone who's built for insecurity anyway, but I sit here. I'm like, man, like I, I got my own TV show at one point and it was exactly what I wanted it to be. And that's so fucking, it's a victory, but like it didn't stick. It got canceled. Like I've, I've got, I got this and that and blah, blah, blah. And I've pulled these things off, but I never got the momentum I want. And I sit here sometimes and I go, I had this thought a few years ago where I was like, 
I feel like I kind of lived my dreams, but I sort of feel like I came really close. And then I was like, but man, I remember having this thought where I was like, but coming close was kind of the dream. Like I came close to all my dreams, but coming close, that was kind of the dream in the first place. And I think I'm okay with that. I think you're kind of selling it short in a way because it's actually even crazier than that because you actually did have the giant win with Big Lake, which turned into the biggest <laughs> loss of all yes. time. And I can say this. Yes. My guy. And, I'm allowed to and you were there for all of it. You were one of the first people I called. I mean, dude, like there was a, to give everybody perspective. So if anybody doesn't know this story, which has been told to death, but if New Jersey is the world listeners don't know, um, for many, many years, the New York comedy scene was reviewing regarding me as kind of the next guy up and it just wasn't happening. And then I got cast as the lead on a sitcom called big Lake that John heater from Napoleon dynamite, uh, was the lead of, and then he wasn't, he left. And on like two weeks notice, they cast me. And within days, I was f the star of a sitcom and filming 10 episodes. And I was told it was this weird thing. They said, we're going to do 10 episodes instead of a pilot. Usually TV, they do one episode. This one, we're going to pick up 10. And the whole deal is a bunch of people split the cost. And if they pick it up, it'll be for 90 more episodes, which means 100 episodes of television, which is huge. And also that's the number you need to get to, to qualify for syndication. So this idea of like these shows that you see get rerun all the time, we're fast tracking for that. And they told me based on the contract, if it gets picked up and, and Mike D let's be clear at this point, I was living in a room in Woodside Queens with my friend, Jamie, who I knew from college. I was sleeping on a mattress on the floor in a room with no closet. And they told me, if it gets picked up on that day, you will receive a check for $2.2 million. I was told that at one point in my life. And then guess what? The show was a fucking piece of shit and it bombed. And I was cursing the fact that they ever told me. I was like, I came that close to making a check for $2.2 million. And I think you can, that was in 2010. And I think you could argue that the subsequent 13 years of my career have been me out for revenge on the entertainment industry because of that experience and that conversation. I remember <laughs> you explaining, cause I didn't understand how any of that stuff worked. And both of us were like, Oh my God, like that could really happen. And then like the show came out and you were like the first one you were like this is so bad and then the reviews like, were like watch the reviews were like so this show has massive potential but unfortunately there's this no-name guy named chris gethard in the lead role is just shit in the bed and dropping the ball it was bad and i was like holy fucking shit i got this job on like a week's notice man i didn't write it it was wild. The whole story is nuts. No one knows the full story. And then I went on public access TV pretty explicitly to get revenge on the entire entertainment industry. And that was how I wound up with my own talk show instead. It was fucking nuts, man. But dude, 
Here's another thing that the New Jersey is the world listeners will love. So, you know, I moved to New York in 2004 because I'd been commuting for four or five years at that point, commuting all the time. And the commuting was killing me. And I'm like, if I'm really going to go for it, I got to get over there. So I went to Queens. I remember saying Queens feels like the most Jersey borough to me, you know, mostly that's people resting their heads and then getting up and working. Um, I liked it a lot. So I, I went there. Also, I was still working for Weird New Jersey a bunch at the time. So I could li- I lived in Astoria so I could just get on the Triborough and make my way out to Jersey to work for Weird New Jersey still. I was doing the reverse commute. like, And then years go by and I finally got that job. And I'm not bullshitting anybody. I have no reason to. The day I got that job, for oh no, the day I got the job, I was in... Uh, I was driving on the parkway when I got the call. I'll never forget. I was driving to see my mom and I was driving on the parkway to get the call. I got to go to my mom's house and tell her in person. But the day it was, we shot our first week and we finished up the first week of shooting and we did our first two episodes and I took the train into Manhattan and I walked out to the West side highway and looked at the fucking Palisades, like looked up at Weehawken and Guttenberg and that whole stretch and was standing on the West Side Highway looking across the Hudson River and out loud, I was like, we did it. I said that to New Jersey. Like, that's how crazy I am about the state of New Jersey. I was like, we did it. And then cut to that August and it's like, okay, this shows we're going to air episodes one, two, and three on Friday at 11 p.m. Then episode four will be on Tuesday at uh, 4 p.m. And then you're like, oh, they're burying this show. It's on a different time and day every week. They're burying this. They are contractually obligated to air it. I think they aired every episode once and then never aired it again. That's some Jersey shit right there. $2.2 million. And then eight months later, I'm hosting a show on public access TV having fucking like actual (laughs) flat earth, flat earth people who think lizard people run the government tell me I'm a Hollywood sellout and that it doesn't belong there. Literally had somebody send out a group email to 150 uh, producers at MNN with me on the producer saying, nobody talked to Chris Gethard. He's a Hollywood interloper. His Jewish agents are pulling all the strings and me having to reply all and being like, hey guys, I'm on this email. This is fucking inappropriate. Eight months after being the star of a sitcom with a New York Times profile about me. This New York Times profile titled The Unlikely Pressure of Being a Sitcom Star. And then months later, it's the review. Dude, literally people leaving comments on the internet going, this guy's agent is going to kill himself. <laughs> me feeling like, holy shit, what the fuck is happening in my life? Cut to me in a public access studio with Uncle Floyd being like, fuck you, I won't do your show. Fuck you. You loser. Me being like, what happened? I was supposed to get a check for $2.2 million. Now that's a Jersey origin story right there, man. That's a Jersey origin story right there. That's got no, uh, the promise has got nothing on that story. (laughs) That is a Springsteen song with, it's like if you can't have things that specific, right? And then Uncle Floyd turned them down. He said, we did it looking at old we hawking down. $2.2 million is gone, but he never had it in the first place anyway. 
dude, if I made that check for two point two million dollars, do you know how different my life would be now? I still think about that fucking shit. Tell me that shit, and then all these other piece of shit TV shows. If these anyway, anyway, I'm done. I'm done. We need to think of one more sin. I'm glad. I'm glad I finally got that off my chest. I remember telling you. <laughs> Stop. Well, I used to also. It's funny too because now it's just a fucking tangent, right? Now it's just a tangent. But to put it in perspective, you were living in Bay Ridge at the time, another very Jersey feeling part of New York, by the way, like Italian American, Italian America, Italian American Central. And I used to drive out to your house and be like, Mike D. I'm going to do this fucking show where if people aren't funny, I'm going to shoot them with paintballs on stage. What do you think? Will anybody come? And you'd be like, yeah, do that one. And then I'd pitch you other crazy ones. You'd be like, no. And then it was like, out of nowhere, I'm like, Mike, they just told me if this show goes well, I'm going to get $2.2 million the day I signed the contract. You were like, what the fuck? What? Like our... Everything changed with that conversation. And then all of a sudden you're, pro- how much, let me ask you honestly, and I'll say, I'll use some language that's sensitive, but I've never asked you about this. When the show bombed as hard as it did, how much were you like on suicide watch? How much were you like, we got to keep our eyes on little Geth? I was more, yeah, I was, but I was more <laughs> worried because like, I wasn't worried that you cared that the show bombed, but people are so mean. Like the world just got like all of a sudden was like super mean to you for no reason, and it kind of bummed me out. Like I know you're not; you've never been a dick. Like you're not a jerk. I try not to be. And, yeah. and I just couldn't believe like, and every everywhere you turn, there were people like on you know I think like everywhere, you know, all social media in the newspaper were just like a, like you were just the whipping boy just dancing on my fucking grave. I was like, what grave. the fuck, man. It's a wild times. Anyway, anyway, listen, I hope people enjoyed that. Look, we need one more sin, one more sin. Um, Because the ones we have right now are pretty great. Don't be from Pennsylvania. No entitlement. No demonstrating patience. It's not allowed. You better tip. You better respect the workers. Don't kick people when they're down. Don't judge people for the things they're born into. Don't be a winner. And if you wind up a winner, be fucking cool about it. Don't rub it in anybody's face, ever. Those are great, great ground rules slash deadly sins for New Jersey. But we got to bring this puppy home. One what, about, what about the sin, the sin of encroachment? Talk to me about this. So let's say you decide that you're the kind of person that uh, you, you want to keep your, your yard and your house in an awful state of disrepair. That's your right to do that and no one will care. But the minute that your weeds or your tree starts growing into your neighbor's yard, that's going to be a serious sin. And I think this also goes for parking. You can park however you want, but the minute you take up two spaces, you're putting a target on your back and likely you can be uh, you can be executed for doing that. Or if encroachment is a big one here. It's true. I, I would also say too, parking companion one, what I thought you were going to say. I mean, the two spaces thing is very real. Sorry, I'm plugging in my computer, so I'm all over the map. Give me just one second. Sorry about that edit, Carson. I thought you were about to say, 
if you are in an area where there's street parking and it's winter and you dig out a space, someone else pulls into that space. Oh. That's like the ultimate encroachment. That, I got into a shovel fight in Bay Ridge. An actual thing where me and another a, a, another adult man were swinging, like hitting each other with snow shovels. Like, actually, he was an old man too. He was like an old man. It's the guy from the neighbor from Home like, Alone. Well, if you dig out that spot and someone encroaches on that spot, I mean, well, the traditional method, which I failed, is you are supposed to put a trash can yes. or a road cone or any piece of like garbage to block that space, which I didn't do. But indeed, indeed, you you can only take a spot on that block if you've dug out a spot on that block. At that point, right? Well, at that point, now we're in a fishbowl where you dug out yours, I dug out mine, and if mine's taken, I'll take yours. No harm, no foul. But if mine's the only one dug out and I pull out and you pull in, you might die in the streets. Or suppose you go to a diner yeah, and you're seated in one of the booths that are against the wall, which are like those long interconnected booths, but separate tables. You only have the right to have your person and your things up to the edge of that table. If you slide over on that joint booth or put your stuff there, the, you're encroaching, and the other person has a right to do whatever is necessary. I had that happen to I me love not this one. that long ago. I love this one. And, and it made me angry. I did not like being encroached on in my diner booth. I'll also say this, too. I think this explains something about me where if I'm online... The types of lines that have like stanchions, like uh, airport security, waiting to get on a ropes, waiting to get on a ride, a great adventure or something. There's a level of personal space that I've come to realize most of the world doesn't expect, but I do, and I think it ties right into this encroachment of like I can't have you. Like if you got if you're standing behind me, you need to stagger a little left, a little right. You don't stand directly, directly behind me. Don't do it. Like I'm going to turn around at that point or I'm going to start swinging my backpack to kind of force you to back up. And I've started to realize, I, I think some of this is that is exactly what you're talking about. I think in Jersey, we have very, very high standards for, I'm not trying to touch elbows with you when we sit next to each other on a plane. I'm not trying to bump into you when we're in a line. I'm not trying to feel your. I'm not try, trying to feel your breath when you talk. You need to back up. You need to back up. Don't do it. Yes. Yesterday, I, I was. Uh, I was. My my daughter was taking a class that she takes every week, and I was like, you know, sitting in the the front of the place on a little chair in the waiting area, and I was reading a book, and I heard like something out in the street, and I turned my head to look behind me. And the brim of my baseball hat smacked the man because he was standing so close behind me on my chair. And I just looked at him and I was like, what's going on, man? He was like, oh, nothing. But he had no sense of like encroachment, no sense of personal space. There is no reason you should be hovering over another person that closely for no reason that they're ba- that should be the rule if you turn your head and you're wearing a baseball hat yeah you should be arrested you should, you should have to live they should have to, you have to stay for two nights on the USS Ling if they do that you have to stay on the USS Ling no blankets no pillows no sheets 
just you and the other encroachers on an abandoned submarine fighting for your life. And you can all go bump up against each other there where there's no escape. I would say there'll be a wisecracking guy who, when he throws you down to the link, says, you like encroachment, <laughs> here you are. On a sub- Carson put, cramped is our natural state of being. And I think that's very wise. And you know what it is, Mike D? This is the most densely populated state. It's one of the most densely populated areas in the world. We are so used to navigating each other and and that that physical space there someone i'm sure some communications uh, master's thesis has been written all about the unspoken code language like the 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 nonverbal language of physicality in new jersey right cuz we all know it shows up everywhere if if you're on a crowded new jersey transit car we all know you got the three seats on the one side the two-seaters on the other side. Here's the order that it's going to go. There's going to be three-seater people up on the windows, two-seater people up on the windows, right? If it starts to fill out and there's an open three-seater on the aisle, you take that. If you decide to try to sit leg-to-leg against somebody in a two-seat when there are any open three-seat options... They should toss you from the fucking train while it's moving. <laughs> they should open the door and toss you from the train while it's moving. You fucking pervert. Get That's out of rule. here with that. That that also applies to That's encroachment, a- right? That's that's perfect encroachment. And also, I'm glad that you explained the rule, which is how the seating order of how the seats go. But the same thing is if you're in a public bathroom, say Penn Station, and you're in a stall and someone sits down in the stall next to you when there's an open stall one away, same thing. There should be a trap door that just opens up and sucks you down yep. into the fourth circle of hell. Red flag. <laughs> Red flag on that. And, sim- and this is not just New Jersey, but like we all know, if you get on an elevator, you push the button, and if you're the only one on it, sure, you can stand by the panel of buttons. But when someone else gets on, you fade to the back opposite corner so now they can be by the panel. And then if more people get on, they're going to move to the far panel, back from the panel. And then if other people get on, those people now move to the right and you fill out the corners away from the panel. If you violate that in any way, the top of the elevator should open up and like just Willy suck Wonka. out the offending individual. Yeah, like Willy Wonka. And you should just get sucked up into like an old-timey pneumatic tube that sends you directly into the Hackensack River. You fucking weird pervert. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with of, that. Of chocolate, but the Hackensack River works better. Well, I mean, now that we're just Let me ask you, you know when, when you get off an airplane and all of a sudden they, the ding, people leap up like they're on an ejector seat and they fly up yeah. and get off into the aisle. And I'm like, all you're doing is what do clogging you think up is the happen? aisle so no one can get off. Because you've clogged yeah. up the order of that. You're encroaching on everyone's space in the aisle. Yes, yes. If you're just standing there and now people get, can't get to their bags, you're making this whole thing take longer. You are both, you are both encroaching physically and making a situation take longer than it has to. And entitled. You are And entitled. Absolutely entitled. You're breaking so, and you're probably from fucking Pennsylvania. So you're breaking almost all of our rules. Let me ask you this, because we talked about New Jersey Transit, right? Now it's a really crowded car. Now let's say all of the three-seaters have people on the ends with slats in the middle, 
at this point, it becomes appropriate to start filling in the unclaimed two-seaters. Can we agree on that? not. I disagree. Wow, wow, wow. At that point, what I do is I then walk to the end of the car in that space between the last seat and the car door where there is like a big sort of opening and I will just stand for the rest of the ride. I was going to ask, when do you stand? So you stand before the two-seaters get filled in. Because I would say NJ Transit rules, I don't know if this is true on other transit elsewhere, is in general, you're never going to pack out a three-seater, right? You're not going to take the middle seat on the three-seater. You stand at that point, you fucking creep. I'm not. What if you have to escape? You're at the mercy of two Gavones who might be able to pocket you in. <laughs> these, I mean, these, you might be sitting between two chooches. Depending on what line you're on, you, you're almost guaranteed on certain... If you're on that Jersey Shore line, you might... I mean, you're almost definitely one of these people that's a fucking chooch. Can we agree on that? You don't fill in the three-seaters, right? You stand at that. I do. I, I, and if you're going to stand, if you stand, like you said, you go to that big area that where you can feel the train cars moving a little too much, but that's your lot in life, and you stand there. You don't stand in the middle aisle on a, a J-Transit train. No, you go to that back, and there's even, uh, yeah. there's even handles. <laughs> yeah, you got those handles, but you still feel like you're going to fall. You still, you have to oh, Mike D. slightly bent. We didn't even talk about, we got to end this episode soon, but now that encroaching has come up, if you bring a bike on public transportation, learn all the many complex rules there are to that, my friend, because it's on you. And nowadays, have you noticed the ultimate encroachers are these people bringing electric scooters on NJ transit trains? Happens all the fucking time now. And I get that. Maybe some of these people are, again, I'm not going to disrespect the working class. That would violate one of the other seven deadly sins. Some of these people might be messengers or delivery people. There might be a hustle to that. But whatever the deal is with you bringing this electrified fucking transportation device, it's on you to figure out how to not encroach. It's not on the rest of the people on that NJ Transit train. You can't bring it into a seat. You, if you have an electric scooter, just like if you have a bike, you have to stand in the vestibule at the front or rear of the car. Has to be vestibule. And you cannot have that thing in the aisle rattling back and forth, bouncing off people's legs. I've seen people like put that the, on a three-seater. Like the fucking balls on a, psycho, a psychologist's desk. Oh, you cram your bike into a seat? Guess what? We, <laughs> we toss you off the train between Rahway and Linden, and you have to decide which way to walk, my friend. That's oh, how we handle we, you. We throw a rope. We toss your bike in and, and make you pedal as to keep up with the train. <laughs> behind it. These seven deadly sins, I think, are very fair. Of course, we want to hear what you think about them. I'm sure there's going to be some voicemails that come in at nine seven three seven eight zero four six six zero. Let us know what you think some of the seven deadly sins are. Of course, we want to know what your comments are, especially in the in the comments section at the Patreon, patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. We think the seven deadly sins are just don't be from Pennsylvania. No entitlement. Don't you dare demonstrate patience. You better tip. Don't kick people when they're down. Don't be a winner. And if you do wind up getting lucky, be cool about it. And absolutely no encroachment. It's There's not enough space here for you to be all encroaching. Okay, and obviously this ties into other things too, like like uh, every once in a while, maybe you can take your shoes off on a plane, 
But if you take your socks off, die. If you take Absolutely your socks off, die. Not. You cannot take your shoes off on a plane. <laughs> that should be an instant cutting off of your feet by the flight attendant. I'm sorry. That is, that is the most Gavone behavior of all Gavone behaviors. I'm sorry. If I'm on a cross, if I'm on a cross country um, red eye flight, I might take off my shoes, and that's just about it. I've flown. 24 hours straight to Singapore and kept my shoes on the entire time. Oh. And I recommend everyone. Can I say this, Mike D? I, I feel like there's something you and I have never discussed that might send you into an actual rage because it bothers me and skeeves me out. And I can't imagine how you feel about it. If you are out here trying to wear flip-flops on public transportation, you can honestly die in a fire at any time and i will not grieve the loss you can take that open toed sandal and you can fuck off mr birkenstock take that shit away from me you cannot wear any type of open toed shoe on public transportation that is i mean what, what's wrong with you like uh, oh why don't you just go rub your feet on like the shower in a high school gym like it's worse than that Oh my God! It, it, like I, I just yeah, you have to. I mean, fine if you're wearing socks and sandals on public transportation, great as long as you burn the socks afterwards. But you cannot. I mean, you're just especially if you're wearing like dollar store flip flops. You have like a four millimeter layer of rubber on the bottom. But you're basically just rubbing your feet like on Penn Station. Like that's yeah. I mean, I know oh, they say you God. know COVID started with bats in a wet market somewhere. But I think it was certainly spread quickest by people who wear open-toed sandals on public transportation. Clearly. That's when things really got out of control was when those people got on board. I've often thought that... The- and they were probably all immune to it because they're all the people who like catch the diseases first and then just carry them to the rest of us. These open-toed footwear psychos on the public if, transportation. If someone were to like <clears throat> hide in like mass transportation hubs and use a BB gun to shoot at the toes of people who had open toed <laughs> sandals on as a warning, I wouldn't have a problem with this. Oh. No, not at all. That would be a hero. I mean, there's a reason your favorite superhero is the yes. Punisher. My favorite super. He's not very super, but he is my favorite. All right, everybody, leave your voicemails, leave your comments. Bonaduce, we miss you. Carmenuch lives. Carmenuch never wore sandals. Join the Patreon, buy a t-shirt. We just designed three new t-shirts that'll be in the store soon. Enjoy your night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Cop, and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Cop, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the home office of New Jersey is the World at 973 973- 780-4660 in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at belowthecollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. 
Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World, where New Jersey is the world.